it's sunday january 10th welcome to a new episode of bazaar i'm your host sid and joining me today is rushab shah a very good friend of mine you know one of my oldest friends and uh, someone who has you know considerable experience in the logistics and supply chain industry and you know i was just reading through the recent news about covid and vaccines being approved in india and the first person that came to my mind was rushab because you know he could cover this topic in a very good way so rushab welcome to the show i am really you know excited to have you uh hey said uh, thank you so much for having me i believe we have been talking about uh coming i have been talking about coming on your show for a long time now and it's finally happening so yeah, yeah let's do this yeah so this week we are going to be talking about india's vaccine drive which is going to be the world's largest vaccination program and you know as you might be aware india's drug regulator had granted emergency use authorization for two vaccines which was covi shield which is uh, manufactured by serum institute of india and mm-hmm. covaxin which is made by bharat biotech and yeah. you know it's interesting to note that covaxin which is made by bharat biotech actually has not completed its phase 3 trials and mm-hmm. you know it has generated a lot of controversy and a lot of interest mm-hmm. you know people were talking about it you know how safe it's going to be so right. you know we will we might cover that let's see how the conversation goes <laughs> and also we'll look at you know how a supply chain works because right. and that's where i think you know you could give us your uh, insights into how you know a supply chain would work and how a vaccine would be distributed from from the manufacturer to the actual consumer mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll also talk about the challenges of distributing vaccine at such a massive scale in a country like india which is i mean i don't want to sound pessimistic but we are far behind you know the developed yeah. nations in in terms of the infrastructure when it comes to supply chain so we'll be covering all of that but i think i, I want to start out with a a question that you know how like just on a global front you know how many vaccines do we have now for covid because you know every week i'm hearing that you know a new uh, pharma company is releasing or you know testing out its <laughs> vaccine so right. how many vaccines do we have at this point so um as the world health organization uh, like reported on the 5th of january they actually have about uh, 172 vaccines in the preclinical development stage and another 63 in already in clinical development stage and we're already seeing uh, some some vaccines being used uh, like the moderna vaccine or the pfizer vaccine uh, and the sorry the covishield vaccine as well in the uk so there are quite a few vaccines that are you know in the process of arriving to the market or in their uh, clinical development stages which will eventually come to the market so there are quite a few vaccines the efficacies obviously will be questionable and uh, will you know we'll have results over time but there are quite a few vaccines over 100 vaccines that are in development at the at the moment yes and what's the approval process because i think pre show you told me that you know there's certain threshold like which the vaccine has to clear to be approved so what what's that like what's the threshold that they have to clear 
Uh, right. So, so basically, all the all the vaccines they go through and a very long process where you know uh, they first actually develop the technology, how they're going to uh, fight the vaccine itself. Uh, then comes the phase two trials, then the hey, phase one trials, phase two trials, and eventually the phase three trials where it's tried on uh, you know a larger sample size, mm. and eventually when we have. Uh, like results, deterministic results, it will be approved or denied. And the threshold that uh, most countries have set is a 50% threshold. So an efficacy of 50% and over will be approved. Uh, and anything below that, I believe, will be rejected. In case of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, they've reported that the efficacy rates are over 90%, whereas for the Covishield vaccine, the efficacy rates have been reported to be 70%. So while only 70% of the people uh, who are administered with the vaccine will be considered safe, uh, it's still been passed because of the uh, emergent nature, or like the emergency situation that COVID has passed. And uh, I should mention that this is perhaps, I think it is the fastest uh, approval process in terms of any vaccine that has ever been produced. Most vaccines take uh, many years actually to mm-hmm. get their uh, to get their approvals from the FDA, from the respective countries' FDA uh, department. Mm-hmm. And I, I also feel that, you know, vaccines like Moderna and the, the one which was developed by Pfizer they first mm-hmm. of all they are very expensive for a country like india and Absolutely. secondly we might not like we might have a few cold chain facilities which can store <laughs> them but on a on a country level perspective i don't think we can actually yeah. store those vaccines at such a low temperature because they require like i think a very low temperature Satellite. yeah mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Uh, so I think in light of that itself, we have seen that India has not really uh, signed any supply deals from Moderna or Pfizer, which both of those vaccines require very extreme uh, storage. They have very extreme storage requirements. Pfizer going up to minus uh, 70 degrees Celsius or uh, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, which not just for India or developing nations in general, but even for uh, Western nations who do have relatively better uh, supply chain infrastructure, even for them, it's quite a challenge in itself. Just so like a common person can can understand this. So uh, storing something at negative 70 degrees can be very difficult. So uh, to, to kind of battle that, Pfizer itself had come up with uh, their own specialized refrigerator, mm-hmm. which uh, stored these vaccines. And Uh, Something that I found quite interesting was that that entire box uh, which stored the vaccine, it could only be opened twice a day for one minute each. Now, if you think about it, it's it's so difficult wherein you would have to determine how many vaccines you want to administer each day. And there has to be very careful stock management done. And it has to be very rapidly given to the right number of people and to Mm -hmm. avoid wastage. So this kind of sensitive uh, supply chain might just not work in uh, like, I don't think uh, (laughs) nations are capable of handling this kind of these low temperature requirements. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. That's that's too much pressure. Like (laughs) in in one minute, it's 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 too much. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on the person who would be in charge. I mean, like he, he really have to be spot on with the administration of the vaccine. So. I, I cannot imagine something like 
that happening in india where you know one minute forget about one minute but we need like <laughs> a very careful planning so yeah i mean that's interesting but you know this this vaccine distribution business sounds good on paper but how would it actually work like you know how does the supply chain work and you know like i asked you uh, pre show as well how would mm-hmm. the vaccine uh, distribution work from the like if i had to ask you this like from the place of the manufacturer from the lab mm-hmm. from where the vaccine is manufactured to the doorstep of the consumer how does the entire chain would work if you could tell us about that so i think uh, something something interesting that uh, i did see was that someone made a statement where they said that the vaccine race is now not a race uh, out of the lab but rather it's a race to the patient right so mm-hmm. the challenges that exist are uh, towards the more um, final mile delivery the rest of it is also difficult but it will eventually sort it out itself but uh, the targeting of specific people or getting it to the end consumer would be the difficult bit but uh, in general how how a vaccine is transported uh, from the very manufacturing bit to the end target group it it somehow obviously these uh, supply chains can vary from country to country but in in the perspective of india how this could perhaps work would be that uh, the ma- vaccine manufacturer first manufactures very carefully under the right conditions the vaccine Uh, these are usually air transported because it's a time sensitive shipment and uh, some very careful requirements tracking needs to be done now eventually the, these will go to either primary stores so these are these are called uh, gmsds which are government medical store depots and there are only four of these in the in the entirety of india which are spread out very carefully in the north south uh, west and east which are in karnal which is in haryana mumbai which is towards the west chennai in the south and kolkata in the in the east and these will be transported using you know insulated vans or specialist vehicles to the regional vaccine stores which we have around a uh, 100 plus just over a 100 uh, vaccine stores in in each of the specialized regions again these are transported uh, using specialized trucks or vehicles in general to the to individual districts that are in place so we have around about over 500 uh, district vaccine stores then these are further they further kind of uh, spread out into um, you know a uh, small cold chain points or mm. uh, refrigerators or deep freezers that are there are many different specialist infrastructure places so we have around 25000 of these and uh, eventually these will go to the sub center uh, sites so these might be specialized camps or little clinics or hospitals around which we have just over about um, 8.2 million of them so i say these from the <laughs> national evm assessment that was done in 2018 So obviously these numbers might have gotten better over time because India has uh, decided to splurge about I think 60 to 80 million dollars into into the cold chain infrastructure but this is what it looks like so there is there's a lot of sub levels of infrastructure there's a, there's a lot of exchange i mean from one uh, distribution uh, channel to the other i think there's a lot of hands that are being you know exchanged from one place to another like you mentioned there are only four i think those are hub points like for each particular right. center in india and then mm-hmm. it trickles down to the sub levels like the state state level then district level so it's right. fairly complex and uh, 
I don't know how it would work out, but I already can feel like maintaining and operating such a complex delivery channel mm-hmm. would not be an easy task. Yeah, uh, and not just to a layman, like not just to layman in general, but I believe that even for specialist logistics companies and professionals, this does seem like a daunting task. to you know kind of carry up this uh, entire process in in a very short amount of time with you know very limited resources at the moment at least and i think that's the reason why i think they ran some mock tests or dry run tests to test this supply chain out isn't it like they they ran some i don't know where where exactly did they run this but i think mm-hmm. to test the efficiency of the delivery channels i think they did carry out some mock tests uh, recently Right, you're right. You're absolutely right. So they carried out two dry runs, such these are basically trials of the supply chain and the administration process of this entire vaccine. Uh, There's the latest one, the second one being carried out as recently as Friday, the eighth, eighth of January. Why this activity was carried out, I guess, is to see the readiness of the infrastructure in place. I'm sure they've been ramping it up over the last few months. to find out any loopholes in the process whether it is the actual volunteers administrating the vaccine or in terms of wastage because oh uh, i believe we haven't covered this but uh, the vaccines themselves need to be stored at a certain temperature range which is from 2 to 8 degrees celsius mm. so it, it is very important that uh, to for the drug integrity to be maintained through the entire supply chain process so uh, if the particular vaccine is not kept at that temperature for a certain amount of time it is not as uh, effective or it may not be as safe to be administered so there is in any vaccination drive there is a certain wastage that occurs so maybe mm. these dry runs also expose those uh, inefficiencies in the process and um, i believe i also came across the fact that many of these volunteers or healthcare workers didn't know uh, how how exactly to deal with certain complications whether that may be health complications or just kind of uh, some some hurdles in the in the process in itself so these two dry runs i believe had kind of helped the government and helped the regional agencies to identify the loopholes and perhaps to patch them so that as we deploy this entire movement we will be better equipped to deal with it and uh, i believe i'm i'm quite happy to see that the vaccination drive is going to start as early as january 16th actually mm so we've not got much time left and i agree with you that you know a mock test does help to smoothen out the process because you know this is like mm-hmm. one of the world's largest vaccine runs and also we are dealing with something we don't know how it's going to work out so we don't have like a lot of data mm-hmm. on the efficacy and you know how to administer it and a lot of loopholes might be there even even after the two test runs that are being conducted but even after that i think a lot of learning like the learning curve is going to be very steep because uh, <laughs> i think it's it's going to take at least a month or so before people actually understand how you know how it's uh, done in a very accurate manner and to you know roll out those inefficiencies or or the errors the normal errors that happened during uh, administering a vaccine so it's good to see mm-hmm. that you know we have had two mock tests but mm-hmm. i was actually surprised to find out that india is the world's largest manufacturer of vaccines so mm-hmm. i i wasn't expecting that you know india is going to be at the top 
in manufacturing vaccines but it turns out that the serum mm-hmm. institute of india itself manufactures around 1.5 billion doses a year so from from a manufacturing point of view i think india has an advantage so from a supply side of things i don't think you know we are going to run out of vaccines but <laughs> the real problem and you know this is where where i want your insights is you know how challenging it's going to be to carry out this run on a massive scale in a country like india because i think the indian health minister had told that you know the government plans to vaccinate around 300 million people by august mm-hmm. 2021 and right. you know, to give you a bit of a comparison this is almost close to the population of the united states of america and mm-hmm. there's also one technical point here that you know each person will get two doses in right in a span of like 4 to 5 weeks i'm i'm not sure exactly how much is the gap between the first dose and the second dose but mm-hmm. you know there's going to be some gap between the first and the second dose so right. if you do the math you know india needs to produce and distribute 600 million doses of vaccine in the next yeah. seven month and uh, honestly i i feel <laughs> that you know this this target is it's it's looking too steep i mean it does look unachievable <laughs> for a for a country like india what do you think um so as as per the data that's available uh, that has been made available it it does seem like an ambitious target in general but i do believe that we need to set higher milestones so we work to achieve them just to give you mm. like a perspective so let's say that they have talked about vaccinating about 250 to 300 million people by august of 2021 Uh, the current supply chain or uh, not supply chain but uh, the current infrastructure that we have in place in terms of cold storage and cold logistics we have about uh, the capacity to uh, supply about 316 million doses which will uh, it's yeah so it's only it's only about half of this and uh, it's also interesting to note that about half of this which is around 200 a larger part of this comes from private cold chain infrastructure Uh, as opposed to the government immunization program itself so it does seem like a challenging task i'm currently in singapore and like uh, here they have set a target of uh, vaccinating everybody uh, which is a population of 5 million by the end of the third <laughs> quarter so so it's it's about the same timeline but uh, here they're talking about vaccinating 5 million people whereas in india it's it's a talk about vaccinating 300 million people so and as for the infrastructure that we have available currently the capacity is only to administer about 360 million doses which will serve about 180 million people however like i said that it is important to set these high targets and with uh, increased demand there will also be i guess the market will adjust itself to create like you know high infrastructure maybe they'll buy more trucks create more storage spaces but it is an ambitious target in general yes and also like one point you mentioned here was that you know around 200 million doses will be are currently under private labels i mean private logistic companies are going to serve those so you know if right. if i'm a businessman if i'm running a logistics company i will target only the tier 1 cities like only the metro cities and probably you know not I I might not have a presence in the rural areas of the country which have to be covered by the public sector you know and 
the mm-hmm. expansion needs to happen from the public sector side i think i don't think the private sector i mean they will expand where it makes business sense for them where where they feel that you know mm-hmm. they're going to make profit expanding somewhere but again that's probably going to happen only in the urban areas of the country and okay. in the rural areas i think this is going to be a big challenge because public sector and the public entities would have to expand i mean like increase capacity mm-hmm. by two or three times to actually meet this target <laughs> and Yeah. I don't know. Like, ah, uh, will they be able to expand at such a rapid pace in such a small period of time? That's again, it's it. It looks like a big challenge to me. I think as a as a business, of course, you know, you have you correct yourself as the market goes. Wherever the uh, demand exists, you will rush towards that. However, a lot of this investment would have to be like a capital cost, a more long term cost. So I'm not sure how well they will be able to uh, ramp up the capacities. however there will be some kind of increased capacities that you will see over time another thing that i guess is interesting to mention is that i think the government would be well aware of these limitations and and they will also have to work hand in hand with private companies so it can't be a you know it can't be just the government working on its own or the private firms working on its own but rather like a hand in hand collaboration and uh, the thing you mentioned about like you know tier one cities you're you're absolutely right in that a lot of these private firms have a better infrastructure and it's mostly serving tier one and tier two cities so even though the capacity we have half the capacity of what we require and half of that half uh, is owned by private companies and is more kind of catering to tier one cities there will have to be some kind of change where we will have to serve you know the more rural areas as well and i also must mention that there's a disparity even among states themselves so let's say uh, more developed states uh, would have better better infrastructure to deal and serve uh, its people in terms of actually administrating the vaccine whereas other states would would not be as well positioned to provide these vaccinations to their you know population so ironically i believe the very first political promise that was given uh, was to bihar to provide uh, vaccinations to everybody however bihar uttar pradesh and jharkhand are amongst the most kind of backward in terms of cold chain infrastructure when delivering uh, these vaccines so they will it will actually be a struggle for uh, the government to give these vaccines out to people out there and uh, also something additional that i'd like to mention is that while the government has uh, said they will be providing these vaccines for free to the frontline workers there has been no clarification as such given as to how much the other general populace would have to pay for these vaccines and i guess i will take this opportunity to kind of talk about the actual vaccines that india has signed to uh, kind of procure like over time so india has actually signed supply deals uh, for about 1.6 billion vaccines and this is the largest number in the world of course given our population so 1 billion of these actually come from an american company called uh, novavax and it's interesting to note that this company has actually not yet is in its phase 3 trials and has not been approved as yet however it is in the process of doing so and uh, the cost that they have uh, kind of mentioned is about 16 dollars per dose the uh, the next largest one is 500 million doses which uh, has been signed with the oxford university and astrazeneca vaccine which has been approved 
So I believe these will, this will be the one amongst the first vaccines to be deployed and actually be used. And uh, another small candidate is uh, um, perhaps the 100 million doses uh, that we have signed with a Russian candidate. Uh, I think Sputnik 1 is what the vaccine is called, which comes from Russia's Gamaleya Research Institute, I believe. Hmm. And while the efficacy levels of the Novavax are not known, uh, the efficacy levels for the AstraZeneca virus is, stands at 70%. The cost of it has, uh, has been proclaimed to be, for the first 100 million doses, it will be around 200 rupees, and then 400 rupees. And this is the price that will be given, uh, that will be given to the government. However, for the open market, they have planned, I believe, a price of between 800 to uh, 1,000 rupees. They've already stockpiled about 50 million doses. The company has already stockpiled this and they have a capacity to make uh, another 50 to 60 million doses every month. I think um, that's reasonable. I think 800 mm-hmm. to 1,000 is something which not a lower class, but I mean, a middle class person in India can actually afford it. So, I mean, I was expecting a big, big, uh, you know, chunk going out from my wallet, but I mean, 800 to 1,000 <laughs> for a dose does sound, I, I think it sounds reasonable. And my, my <laughs> question to you is like, are these going to, are these uh, the supply chain, uh, the supply deals that we are entering with these uh, companies, is this going to be apart from the Shield and the Covaxin uh, vaccines, or it's going to be like, complementary in nature so the ones that i've talked about uh, include include the covid shield already however the other two that are kind of in line one of them which has already been given the emergency approval is the bharat biotech and icmr uh, developed covaxin and this has only been approved for clinical trials so there actually are no uh, results uh, about its efficacy but they've only approved this for clinical trials. So eventually over time, if the efficacy results work out, this will be used in India as well. And its price, uh, as, as per Indian Express, uh, as have they've, they've reported, is around 350 rupees only. And they've actually also gotten into contract with an American company to develop like an American uh, a vaccine that will be catered to more the American market. However, this will all depend, I believe, on the clinical trials that are going in place. And perhaps an interesting company to mention is Zydus Cadilla. It's it's also an Indian company, and they are also in their phase three trials. And these are all, you know, uh, like like we talked about that India is one of the largest uh, vaccine manufacturer, producing about sixty percent of the uh, entire world's vaccines. So it's no surprise, really, that it come that all these vaccines are indigenously developed. However, this gives a great push to the Make in India program from the government, uh, especially in the pharmaceutical sector that is worth around fifty billion dollars. I believe it cuts close to our uh, to our IT sector, which is also worth around forty to fifty billion dollars. And that's there's a lot of money to be made from. Uh... The vaccines. I mean, obviously, the pharmacy companies which will crop up first in the scene, mm-hmm. Bharat Biotech. Apart from that, I think Zydus Cadilla and I think a lot of other companies also will be making a line for that for uh, you know testing their vaccines. Like you mentioned at the start of the show, there are I, I don't know I, I forgot the number, but there are a lot of vaccines in the pipeline. Right. So uh, and it sounds like it's gonna become like a staple now. Like every pharmacy company wants to come out with its own. 
covid vaccine and you know they they don't want to miss out it's it's more sounding more like a fear of missing out you know that these uh, the executives at the pharmacy companies are experiencing so mm-hmm. it's it's going to be interesting how that plays out and definitely for india let's hope that you know i think that even if realistically even if we can achieve 70% of the target by august 2021 i i would still think mm-hmm. that you know we it will still be a big win for a country like india because absolutely i i can't wait for the local trains to start man honestly <laughs> just the local i i guess everyone is sick of also working from home and being bombarded with work i believe everyone is looking forward to going to work and actually leaving with no work yeah. in india especially that's true i i it does touch a nerve here i don't want to you know talk more about it but you know work from home is it has been really challenging like for people especially mm-hmm. you know in the consulting industry and not only consulting but you know people who normally work late hours in in work from home what's happened is that you know there there has been no cut off like uh, the the line between personal and professional life has been very mm-hmm. blurred out there's there's no way you can you know switch off so you have to be switched on every time but anyways we'll not go deep into that <laughs> and, uh, you know so we've we've spoken about the challenges of distributing a vaccine on a massive scale in india but uh, you also told me that the government is developing an application called covin uh, which right. could be a game changer so tell us something about mm-hmm. that like what's this application about and you know how it could actually change the game and how it could actually make a big difference a substantial difference in mm-hmm. how the you know the vaccine is administered mm-hmm. so uh yeah you're you're right uh, this this uh new application that the government plans on developing or it's already in its uh pre-production stage is actually for me it's a really interesting uh interesting initiative that has been taken up by the government and it i'm sure it will aid to make this largest vaccination drive much better much easier much more effective first of all it's called the covid vaccine intelligence network it's called covin in abbreviation uh it was launched uh by the it minister ravi shankar prasad and they actually launched it as a challenge for strengthening the covin system this uh, challenge was launched on the 23rd of december and i believe it's still on until perhaps mid january if we have any uh, it professionals <laughs> uh, as our listeners hey guys try out your luck uh, try out use your skills to perhaps you know help the nation in a way what this will serve as is a one stop digital platform to make the entire vaccination process uh, streamlined and uh, not just on the supply side but also on the demand side so in terms of you know people the users themselves um what i believe like uh, something that i've come across is that it will have many modules one of them being the actual registration bit so anyone who wants to get vaccinated will have to be have to go through this portal or would have to register themselves using you know any of your government issued ids there will be a dashboard with all your information stored out there your actual status of your vaccination so whether you have been vaccinated already scheduled pending whatever that may be uh, and the actual date time of vaccination the the place where you have been assigned to go to your time of assignment 
the facility that you must go to. So I think this really is a game changer because it will organize and uh, the entire administration process and something that I, I believe we are not very capable <laughs> or we are not very equipped yeah. to do just because of the sheer population size. And, you know, like COVID is something that spreads uh, when, you know, people crowd around too much, the risk increases much more. So I think this app mm. will dramatically drop this risk rate and it will also help us track the entire process. So now um, I talked about the demand side, however, the supply side. So in terms of, you know, I, I mentioned that the vaccine must be stored at a particular temperature. So I assume that this app will also kind of help uh, talk about the integrity of that particular batch of vaccines, whether they have been stored in that particular temperature range, where the current stock is. Uh, and stock management is very important in, in, in a vaccine delivery program. You know, you want to make sure that the correct number of wheels go to the right places. Like we mentioned that there is only a limited supply of this, especially when we have to also export to the world. So there is a limited number and an efficient stock management system needs to be in place. And with an app as such, this real-time data will be transmitted and uh, yeah, it would allow us, allow us, the government, everybody to kind of keep everything in check. Accountability, I guess, is another main thing that will really be impacted. And <laughs> unlike many other occasions, we'll actually have some data about this entire activity. <laughs> so I think that's why this will be like a great game changer on that. Definitely. I agree with your point because like when you take a task off vaccinating 1.3 billion people that's mm-hmm. you you need some some sort of software or some sort of aggregator which can actually take all of that data and make sense from it so i think from that perspective coven actually could be like it could benefit the government in actually carrying out this program and i think in the long run like i, I don't think this program is going to end by 2023 as well i think this is going to Mm-hmm. go for at least i think if if we are to cover 1.3 billion people at least conservatively i think it's going to take 4 years so you, <laughs> you definitely need a software a platform which can track you know how many people are have been vaccinated what's what's happening at the supply level you know how many manufacturers are there how many vaccines are there you know wh- what's the storage points and also one point is that the second dose that needs to be administered in like after mm-hmm. four or five weeks so i think an application like this could actually track and monitor people who are due for you know for that second dose and like you mentioned it could also prevent overcrowding so it's a phenomena which we see in a everyday life you know in india <laughs> i think that's a big problem because people are yeah. you know they get panicked very easily and like if there's no organization if there's no you know, communication as to when you need to be vaccinated. I think that there's going to be a lot of crowd gathering at certain points, you know, because the points are also limited. It's not that we have right. a lot of vaccination points in the country. So definitely mm-hmm. I agree that, you know, COVID, I really hope that, you know, the government can actually execute this uh, program and mm-hmm. really hope that COVID as an application would serve and would help the government to achieve this. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I must mention that, like, you know, there are a lot of people who do not have access to smartphones. Uh, However, they have, I think, deployed this platform even on a a district uh, office level. So I think that they will be making, uh, you know, 
uh, what do you call like they will be taking measures even for people who do not have access to smartphones and i think the the advantages of this app are actually far reaching and you know perhaps not just for covid vaccines but maybe you know any vaccines in the future mm-hmm. uh, something this app would allow the government and you know our health agencies to really track and have data about you know our storage facilities the entire logistics process and it would really help us better our healthcare industry as well and you know as we know that like most calamities wars and kind of destructive uh, things in nature have brought on a lot of innovation so i think this could actually also serve as a great like a spring pad into you know like a whole new development in the healthcare sector so i i i've been really pleasantly surprised by this coven app and i hope it is like you know well developed and it it has far reaching advantages and works as it has been prescribed definitely definitely let's hope that <clears throat> first of all i think the, the government can actually execute on its promise and i think that's a big thing and i i think over a period of time optimistically i feel that we will see improvements in the system in the process of how the supply chain works of how the vaccine is administered i think it's going to take time the learning curve itself is going to be steep but in the mm-hmm. long run i am optimistic and i do believe that you know india can win this fight against covid so rushab it was a pleasure having you on the show and i hope that you know we can uh, carry this thing forward and not only for logistics and anything but uh, like i mentioned you know i i wanted to have you for a very long period of time so i do hope that we can uh, carry this forward for sure sid um, i had a lot of fun talking about this also researching the entire covid landscape in india and i'm really looking forward to how this rolls out all right buddy okay so thanks so much thank you thank you for coming on the show and to more such shows with you so <laughs> that does it for today's edition of bazaar people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you hear do your own research before you take any investing decision you know read the annual reports the fundamentals before you take any decision uh we would love to know what you think of the show you can reach out to us at the bazaar podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions any particular company that you would like us to cover or any any topic any industry that you think you know we could target just hit me up and uh, take care we'll see you next week okay.